0: What's happening, Rebels? Thanks for listening. And thanks for joining the show. I'm Ryan Dobson, your host. Welcome back. I've got uh, pages and pages of notes, which is always trouble. Always trouble. Good trouble, though. Let's talk about it. I have been asked many, many, many times to talk about COVID and the masks and the backs and the mandates and the laws and the rules and all that kind of stuff. And I have shied away from it. I'm just so tired of arguing with people. Uh, I put a uh, Donald Trump sticker on my truck. Before the last election, it got screamed at by a neighbor who then apologized later that night. And we developed a much deeper relationship because of it. And it's that thing, man. Yeah, just I'm tired of arguing. I just want to get along. I just I hate it so much. I hate the arguing. I hate the, the uh, all of it. And so I've shied away from it just out of self-preservation. But the things I'm seeing going on today are just too much. It always seemed like a giant power grab to me. Uh, and is being proven more and more and more. So let's talk about COVID, free speech, masks, mandates, rules, laws, kids, uh, and even Joe Rogan. How about that? If you haven't heard the name, uh, you're hearing it in the news and you're going to hear a bunch more of it in the near future. So let's dive in. Um, on COVID, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Uh, and this is the thing too, that will bother some of my listeners. Some of my listeners are hardcore anti-vax and they want me to be anti-vax. I'm not. Uh, I'm not a hardcore anti-vaxxer. I did spread out both my kids' vaccines for a very long time. I didn't do the regular schedule. Uh, they wanted to give one of my kids, I think four or six shots at one time. And I was like, I wouldn't let you do that to me. I didn't do that when I went to Africa. I had a late trip to Africa. They got a ton of shots. No one ever gave me four shots in one day. Nobody. I don't know why they're doing it with children. Uh, it just feels, and here's how you know it's not a great idea. There are so many doctor's offices where the doctor, the pediatrician won't give vaccines because they give so many of them at, so, at such a short amount of time at once. They give so many at one time. It's a traumatic experience for a child and it taints their view of doctors. I have friends that are pediatricians. I have doctor, doctor friends that are pediatricians, not just one. I know multiple pediatricians are like, we never give kids shots. I'm like, why not? Like, because they hate us. Oh, interesting. Okay. They don't like that pain. Then don't give so many at once. That just seems like common sense. Anyway, I'm just letting you know, I try to be a very reasonable person. Wow, my voice got loud. I'm trying to be very reasonable. I have talked to so many doctors and I get very different information. Uh, but I will say, um, I have what I feel is very reasonable information from doctors. If you're high, hardcore anti-vax, then none of this will make you happy. And I apologize. Um, just skip this part. And when we get to free speech and all that, you can dive right back in, or you can email me and tell me why I'm wrong either way. Totally fine. Uh, but there's a study in Jerusalem, uh, uh, and, the thing we worry about with an mRNA vaccine is myocarditis. Myocarditis is an inflammation of the heart. It, it causes the heart to be enlarged and that can be dangerous. Is it permanent? Probably not, but it does cause temporary myocard. It can, can cause temporary myocarditis. Now the problem is in who it's causing the myocarditis in. And that is uh, there's a moderately high risk for an mRNA vaccine for myocarditis the general risk is from 12 to 30 year olds. The highest risk is in 16 to 22 year olds. That's a big deal. And by the way, it's, and I think it is uh, higher amongst boys than girls, although that's not in my notes. So I say that with a high level of caution, um, either way, you've got young people who are at highest risk for inflammation of the heart. Um that risk is higher with Moderna because it's got a higher dose of the mRNA mRNA vaccine in the Moderna. And it the risk is also higher with boosters. So if you get a vax, there depending on the vax you get, Moderna, there's a higher risk of myocarditis. If you get a booster, the risk goes up more. Um Okay, so I'll bring up Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is the NFL quarterback for the Packers currently, um, and he said he was immunized or something like that. He didn't say he had been vaccinated, but when they asked him a question, he indicated that he had protection from the from uh, COVID. Uh, comes out, he was taking other things, and I think he had contracted COVID already, and he was using um, – Natural immunity. Whew, my goodness, I can't believe I almost forgot that. Natural immunity, which nobody's talking about, by the way. News agencies are not talking about uh, natural immunity, which is so ridiculous. Natural immunity is 35 times more effective than the vaccine alone. 35 times more effective than the vaccine alone. I'm going to say it one more time. 35 times more effective if you've contracted COVID and survived it, you're 35 times more protected from future doses of COVID than if you just get the vaccine. Now, what my doctors will also say, the doctors I've spoken to, they say, if you get the vax and you've gotten COVID, then you're super uh, super protected, which means if you get it again, which you can, that's you can get it two, three, uh, unlimited times. I think it's similar to the flu in that we weren't told that in the beginning, which is why there's mistrust for the vaccine and why there's mistrust for, uh, the CDC and the NIH and government officials and newscasters, because we were told it was a vaccine vaccine, like polio, chickenpox, measles, mumps, et cetera. Uh, and now we're being told it's like a flu shot. You're going to get all the time if you so choose. Um, so Here are some options for you if you want to. By the way, the reason why I brought Aaron Rodgers up is because he didn't take the vaccine. And he came out and said, listen, I'm a professional athlete in the NFL. And you say there's a risk of me having an inflamed heart. And then two weeks later, I got to play in the NFL. That's not smart. I agree with him. That doesn't seem like a wise decision. If there is a risk of an inflamed heart and you're a professional athlete, maybe don't do it. And by the way, man, I wish I had the studies in front of me. There are a ton of European soccer players dropping dead from enlarged hearts and having heart attacks. By the way, soccer players have the greatest cardio of any athlete in the world. Why are they dying of heart attacks? That's a big deal. Now, is it just crazy rampant? No, but it's a big deal to have a young, healthy person drop dead of a heart attack. So am I saying don't get it? No, I'm saying if you are in a high risk, if you've got comorbidities, uh, if you have an autoimmune disease, if you ha- are uh, have morbid obesity, if you've uh, if you are um, elderly, both my parents got the vaccine. I think it's a good idea. Totally think it's a good idea. By the way, they got COVID after getting the vaccine, and when they got COVID after receiving the vaccine, my thought was glad they had the vaccine. This will lessen their hospital stay. I've heard that universally, even from my crazy doctor friends, they're saying. The studies all show if you've had the vax and have to go to the hospital, uh, your time will be much lessened had you not had the vaccine. I believe them. Again, here's some options for you if you're considering it. Delay the second shot or don't get a booster if you are in the at-risk, if you're in an at-risk group, you know, 16 to 30, 12 to 30. Uh, By the way, all of my doctors that I've spoken to, I haven't had one doctor recommend my children getting the vaccine of any kind, let alone a booster. Um, none of my doctors have recommended that. They say kids are virtually uh, unharmed by this, by the the disease itself, the virus itself, the mandates, and the lockdowns we will get to in a moment. Um Let's see. Uh, a lot of European com- countries have banned the Moderna vaccine for uh, men under 40. Uh, great. Get Pfizer. Get Johnson & Johnson. Do something else if you want to get the vax. Just don't get the Moderna if you're under 40. That's what a lot of European countries are saying. They've banned it. They haven't banned the vaccine. They haven't banned Moderna. They're saying men under 40, there's a risk get myocarditis. Let's not get this one. Good idea. I'm okay with that. Rethink the boosters in young people, especially boys, uh, then and older. My parents are in their 80s. Uh, If they get a booster, that'll be fantastic. I couldn't care less. It's great. Good for you. Um, By the way, this is a big deal. The director and the deputy director of the Federal Drug Administration, Food and Drug Administration, FDA, both resigned. Over the White House pressure, over White House pressure for boosters. That's a big deal. The White House has politicized this, and this is why I call it a power grab. There's a power grab because they're trying to see how far can we push you? How far can we restrict you? And that is a leftist mindset. It's not a liberal mindset, it's a leftist mindset. The leftist mindset is all about control and restriction. And that's what this has shown. How far can we control you? How far can we push you until you push back? And I hope. We are at that pushback point. The White House has politicized this so much that the director and the deputy director of the FDA resigned because they're like, you shouldn't be pushing boosters on our population. When I traveled to California, the TV commercials, the billboards, the online ads, uh, I saw it on newspapers in newspaper racks. Can you believe they have newspapers? Pushing the vaccine for kids two to five. It was insane the things I was seeing out there. You couldn't believe the level of propaganda All across California for that. That's politicized and it's unhealthy. It's unhealthy. Putting your kids in masks has proven to be bad for them. Doctors don't believe in it. I mean, my goodness, CNN came out and said cloth masks have no stopping power on COVID it came out then why are we forcing kids into masks and I can tell you because if you can control them when they're young you can control them when they're old and that's what this is about we're going to scare you into following our rules so that when you're older we can force you into following our rules that is the only thing going on here The psychological, physiological damage that's been done to children over the last two years far outweighs the damage COVID COVID has inflicted on children. It doesn't mean you don't grieve the deaths of those that have died from this disease like you would flu or any other disease. It doesn't mean that's not sad. It does mean you have to look at the greater good of children and we're not. You talk to teachers universally, behavioral problems have skyrocketed, authoritarian problems have skyrocketed, IQs have dropped, learning ability has dropped, homework has gone down. Every measurable point you can in children, every point you can measure in them has gone down over the last two years as a direct result. This is not a correlation. This is a causation, a direct result of the COVID mandates. The fear we have put into children is going to be so far reaching. We have no idea the impact that we're going to face. Uh, Let's get into news. I'm going to say this now. I'm going to continue to repeat it over time. If you ever hear a newscaster being sarcastic, If you ever hear them being condescending, if you ever them calling anyone a name of any kind, saying they're dumb, stupid, moronic, anything like that, you're not listening to news, you're listening to opinion. You understand that. You're not listening to news, you're listening to opinion. Howard Cosell was not condescending. Howard Cosell was uh, was not sarcastic. Howard Cosell didn't call people names. He presented facts of news. We don't listen to news anymore. We listen to opinions. The only time I hear mainstream media is though I'm hearing what's being reported about mainstream media. I refuse to watch full programs of news. I just can't do it. My brain can't take that. Breaking points with Crystal and Sager, I love. I think they're very intelligent. I don't agree with them on everything, but I really do like them a lot, and I think they're very, very balanced. Again, they can because you have to, if you're going to report news, you've got to lean into the, isn't this dumb? Isn't this stupid? Isn't this, you know, roll your eyes a little bit every now and then it drives me nuts. I tend to trust them. Uh, but this stuff is going on. It is not news. And that is a huge problem. You've got to stop watching all of it. Turn off Fox news, turn off CNN, turn off NBC, uh, MSNBC, and don't ever watch it again your life will drastically improve. Your mental health will drastically improve if you turn off those yelling, yelling idiots. By the way, I'm not reporting news. That was just my opinion. They're idiots. Mm, goodness gracious. Free speech and Joe Rogan. All right, let's talk about this. If you know who Joe Rogan is, Joe Rogan is a stand-up comedian. Uh, he was the host of a TV show called Fear Factor for a bunch of years. Uh, he is the, the color commentator for the UFC Ultimate Fighting Championship. I've watched him for years and years. Uh, he is... He is a liberal. He's a classic liberal. He's not a leftist, but he's a classic liberal. He believes in, he's probably more libertarian than anything else. He's not a conservative. My gracious, he's not a conservative, and he's not a leftist. That is the problem with Joe Rogan. Long-form communication, which means no sound bites. not until afterwards. Long-form communication His podcasts are two, three hours long, sometimes longer than that. These are long conversations. These are deep dives into topics news can't do that. So they're knocked on their heels anyway. Mainstream media can't do long-form conversations. One, here's the truth. They're not good at it. They're not smart. They're, they don't care about their guest. They're not trying to learn. They're not trying to find truth of the capital T. It's the difference with news and Joe Rogan's podcast. And you're like, "Well, so what? Why do the newscasters care about it?" Because every episode of Joe Rogan's podcast has more listeners and viewers than all mainstream media combined. That's a big threat to them. So you're going to hear all kinds of things about Joe Rogan. Here's what I'll say. You're gonna hear a bunch of things you don't like. He's interviewed porn stars, and he smokes a ton of weed, and he talks about doing psychedelic drugs. And you're like, Ryan, why are you talking about this? Because this is important for our country right now. Joe Rogan also introduced me to a guy named Jordan Peterson that changed my parenting, changed my personal life, helped me be a better person. He is looking for truth with a capital T. He hasn't found the truth yet, but he's got a lot of smart people around him looking for it, and it's terrifying to newscasters you can't find ivermectin and monoclonal antibodies anymore you can't find it and it's because dana white the president of the ufc he and his entire family got covid and he went on the news and they said what'd you do and he said the first thing i did was called joe rogan and he praised what joe had said and by the next day after following the regiment joe had prescribed to him based on the doctors that he had been speaking to and the research he had done dana said all the symptoms were gone the next day again, sent shockwaves to the news industry because more people listen to Joe Rogan, more people trust Joe Rogan than every newscaster, every newscaster. This is a crazy situation. Bum, bum, bum. Okay. So I'm watching uh, a clip of CNN today and th- you're going to, this is an, this, oh, it's just insanity. Okay. I was watching CNN and they had somebody on, I don't remember her name and I don't care. But she said people are fundamentally angry about not being able to stop his audience. Joe Rogan's audience wants news that is bad for them. Understand the statement. It is so important to hear the words that people say. People are fundamentally angry. People, generally, people are angry about not being able to stop Joe Rogan's audience from wanting news that is bad for them. Oh my goodness. We have all this code work about dog whistle and saying the quiet thing out loud. I got to tell you, saying the quiet thing out loud, this is that right there. It says leftists, I'm going to interpret this. Leftists are fundamentally angry. They can't stop Joe's listeners from wanting news they don't want them to hear. That's what the statement means. We are angry. Joe is providing information. We don't want people to know. They are book banning Joe Rogan. They are book banning his guests. He's had Ben Shapiro on. I mean, the list of people he's had on that are intelligent and smart, Dr. Rhonda Patrick, who I follow dearly, very intelligent people. By the way, most of what he talks about isn't COVID. Do you understand how scared the news organizations have to be? It's got to be well over 90% of what he talks about has nothing to do with COVID. It may have to do with free speech. It may have to do with laws. It may have to do with you know some of those things. But most of it is just things he's interested in. Most of it is topics and subjects he's interested in. It's not COVID. It's not mask mandates. It's not vaccines. It's none of that. A very, very small amount of time for a very short window. He's been talking about COVID. It's driving the newscasters crazy because people trust Joe Rogan. Here's the difference. Uh, This newscaster, uh, again, on CNN, she was saying, why? Why are audiences choosing him? Why are they choosing him? She has a shocked look on her face. Why? As if you can't believe it. As if this person has no redeemable value that you could find attractive on any level. Isn't that interesting? They treat him as if he's a pariah. That he is a parasite. That he's some kind of a monster. They call him a racist today. Crazy. They call him a racist, conspiracy, transphobic person. I mean, crazy, crazy accusations. I can't believe he has not done a defamation of character lawsuit against some of these organizations, but it's insane at the lengths they will go to, to tear him down. You've probably heard uh, that Neil Young, hang on one second. Oh no, 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 I got to get back to the CNN first. Uh, here it is. Okay. So the same person that said she's angry that they can't stop Joe Rogan's audience from listening to news. They don't want them to hear. She said, we're all haunted by the specter of quote, this guy who's listening to Joe Rogan and internalizing this bad information and making bad choices as a result. We're haunted by some guy that might hear Joe Rogan. By the way, they classify this as bad information. All of, the infor- all of Joe Rogan's information is bad. He shouldn't be allowed to speak at all. All of his information is bad? They're not even pointing out specifics. They're not saying, hey, stop talking about COVID, man. You're not a doctor. By the way, Joe has come out over and over and over and over again. He says, I'm a moron that smokes a lot of pot. I don't know anything. Half the time, I'm asking my producer to check that. He does have on very learned professionals, doctors, attorneys, psychologists, authors, he has very intelligent people on. He downplays his own intelligence because he has grown so greatly over the years. But again, they're not specific. They're saying Joe Rogan himself is bad. And we're haunted that someone might hear this bad information and as as a result make bad choices. And so what they're saying is we're going to protect you. You want to hear bad information and we don't think you should hear bad information. We've classified as bad. We're not going to give you the definition. We choose what's right and wrong. How crazy that they can say bad information versus good information. Uh, an ideology that doesn't believe in absolute truth can claim bad and good is just shocking and hypocritical. But we're going to protect you from it. We're so smart. By the way, it's so great to hear liberals telling the truth. It's so great. By the way, moveon.org. I think that was founded right around the Al Gore campaign. Move on somewhere around that. Al Gore, Bernie, uh, Ralph Nader, Some, some, some of them. The move on. Move on.org. Sent out an email to millions of people. The headline is: Sign the Petition, sign the petition, remove racist and conspiracy theorist Joe Rogan's podcast from Spotify now. Racist. By the way, if you don't know who Joe Rogan is, and you hear on the news over and over and over and over again. This guy's spreading disinformation. He's spreading bad news. People are making horrible choices. He's a racist. He's a transphobe. Uh, he's a conspiracy theorist. You listen to that message over and over and over again. You go, man, it must, but some of it must be true. Everyone's saying it. No, 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 no. The non newscasters are the only ones saying it. The leftist radicals are the only ones saying it. Look at the context nobody else is saying it. The most radical leftists are the only ones talking about Joe Rogan in a negative light. That's it. Okay. Neil Young, let's dive into Neil Young. You've heard Neil Young removed his catalog from Spotify in a protest to Joe Rogan's disinformation, right? Big deal. My goodness. Wow. Neil Young, you know, keep on rocking in a free world. By the way, I'm going to get to that in a second. Neil Young came out, said Spotify can have one or the other, but it can't have both. It can either have Joe or Neil Young. And Spotify went, sorry to see you go, Neil, but we paid Joe $100 billion and our stock rose $5 billion. What are you doing for us? Nothing. So Neil moves. Joni Mitchell just came out, said she's removing all of her material too. So interesting. I mean... Isn't it amazing to see someone stand up for their principles and lose money as a count of it? I mean, isn't that interesting? Isn't it amazing? Neil Young, after all these years, is going to take a hit in the pocketbook to pull his catalog off of Spotify because he's so concerned about the well-being of the young people of America that are clamoring for Neil Young's past collection. Joni Mitchell, my goodness, my son's so into Joni Mitchell and Neil Young. Oh, Wait. Isn't, aren't you glad this is in a news program? I can be sarcastic. Here's what I'm going to tell you about Neil Young. Neil Young doesn't own his musical catalog. Let me set, let that sink in for a moment. Neil Young does not own his musical catalog. He wasn't legally allowed to pull his music from Spotify. How interesting. Then how did his music get pulled from Spotify? don't you want to know now? You didn't know before. No news organization came out and said, Neil Young wants to pull his music from Spotify. Isn't it weird since he doesn't own any of it? You didn't hear that yet. Did you No. who owns Neil Young's music catalog? <gasps> it's an organization called hypnosis interesting they're a billion dollar organization neil young sold his catalog in 2021 a year ago january a year ago neil sold his catalog do you think he forgot man do you think he forgot i love neil young i love his music do you think neil young has gotten so old he forgot he doesn't own his catalog anymore i don't think so wait a minute Who are partners with hypnosis? There's an ownership deal with an organization called Blackstone. Blackstone, wide-reaching real estate, all kinds of stuff they've got going on. They have an advisor. Uh, Their advisor is the CEO of Pfizer, the vaccine company. That's interesting. Why would an organization with an advisor that owns and runs a vaccine company be concerned about music and joe rogan i don't know this is just crazy talk right who knows wait a minute blackstone and hypnosis have a deal with amazon you mean amazon who has amazon prime music they have a deal with them what this is crazy who knew all this stuff oh my goodness wait a minute did you know that right now if you sign on to amazon prime music you get four months of exclusive access To Neil Young's entire catalog! Isn't that amazing? Wait, did you know that Amazon Prime Music struggles and they're at the bottom tier of the streaming services? You've got Apple and Spotify and Google Play and and all the different streaming services, and Amazon's desperate to get in there, but they're really not doing that well. Oh, poor Amazon. Huh. Wait a minute. Let's also listen to this. The top 200 songs, new music last year streamed on streaming services. My goodness. All that new music that came out, the top top 200 newest songs that were streamed. Do you know what percentage it makes up of the streaming listenership of what's going on? New music. New music makes up less than 5% of all the music streamed on streaming services via Apple, Google, Amazon, Spotify, you name it. Less than 5% of all music streamed is new music. Guess who makes the lion's share of all the money on streaming services? old music, old music makes up 70 per, <clears throat> 70%. Let me get a drink. <coughs> old music equals 70% of all the music streamed last year and the year before. You get that? Do the pieces come together? Isn't this weird? I sound like a conspiracy theorist, but I'm not. This is just straight facts. Do you know who doesn't own their catalog? Here's who doesn't own their catalog. Okay. Just so you know, in the coming weeks and months, when you hear people start pulling stuff off Spotify and putting it in other streaming services, you're like, wow, these principled people. You go, no, these hypocrites. Here's who doesn't own their catalog. First and foremost, Neil Young and Joni Mitchell, the ones that are anti-Spotify and anti-Joe Rogan. They don't own their catalog. Who else? Bob Dylan, Stevie Nicks, Lindsey Buckingham. Stevie Nicks, Lindsey Buckingham make up half of Fleetwood Mac. Shakira, Debbie Harry from Blondie. The other partner in Blondie also doesn't. Uh, Barry Manilow. Joni Mitchell. I said Joni Mitchell. None of them on their catalog. But they made a fortune off of it. This is why Neil Young is a giant hypocrite. Neil Young's is a huge hypocrite because he made a fortune selling his catalog a year ago. And now he pretends to stand on his high horse making a moral decision when it's morally bankrupt because he doesn't have any say in the matter at all. So what could be going on behind the scenes? Well, there's organizations like Amazon and Blackstone and Hypnosis, and they are designed and intending to make profits, and they'll make profits any way that they can. Now, if you've got an advisor who's the CEO of Pfizer, and you've got a guy that's being heard and trusted more than all the news organizations combined— And he's talking about how he didn't take the vax and he got over COVID. And if you're healthy, maybe you don't need the vax. And that might cause a hit in Pfizer. Who knows? Because you're an advisor with Blackstone and Blackstone's partners with Hypnosis. And Hypnosis owns Neil Young's music. And Neil Young might want to pull his music and put it on Amazon. And Amazon's struggling. And Blackstone and Amazon are friends. And Hypnosis and Amazon are friends. And their music service is struggling. So what if we do a four-month bonus with Neil Young's new music? Because you can't get it on Spotify anymore, but you can get it over here. You see, you're being lied to. And that's what stinks. Lastly, one of my favorite authors, Brene Brown. I really enjoy her books. I like Daring greatly. I think being vulnerable has been one of the keys to my success in life, in parenting and in marriage, is learning vulnerability and learning how to share my emotions and express them and reach out to people even when I get kicked in the teeth. And Brene Brown has been so instrumental in that process in my life, which is why I'm so disappointed. To hear that she has pulled all of her podcasts off of Spotify, except Brene, you're acting hypocritical because your podcast description says, and I quote, I want conversations that quote, teach me, challenge me, confuse me, and maybe even tick me off a little bit. I guess not. I guess not. Since when did the political party of freedom and free speech, I mean, I think it's always been the conservatives, but the liberals have never touted free speech more as one of their flagpoles. Free speech. Say what you want. They have become the nanny state. They are, as I read, angry, fundamentally angry that you can't stop an audience from wanting information that we feel is bad for you. It's not that you think it's bad for them. It's just different than what you want. You're fundamentally angry that people want information that you don't want them to hear shame on you for that. Good for you for saying it out loud. I hope more people hear it. The nanny state has arrived. It is all about fear and control. By the way, I'm going to put a link in here. Dennis Prager played a uh, video. It was last night or the night before. I think it was Sunday night. Why you shouldn't live in fear. It was such a powerful video. It's about five minutes long. it take you no time. It'll take you five minutes to watch it. Man, what a great theologian he is. Oh, it is a fantastic one. Don't live in fear. Don't teach your kids to live in fear. Don't teach your relatives, your neighbors, your parents, and your friends to live in fear. Live with the love of Jesus in your heart. Let it compel you into compassion, kindness, and empathy, and grace to yourself and to those around you. Thank you for listening. Thank you to my sponsor, Summit Ministries, summit.org. It is a camp that absolutely transformed my life. The reason that I think critically today, the reason I think rationally today, the reason I can debate ideas and arguments, the reason I can have my opinion changed and not fall to pieces is because of my time At Summit Ministries, it's a camp I went to when I was a teenager. It's at the foundation for the rest of my life. If you sign up your child before March thirty first, you're gonna get two hundred bucks off. If you then use the code Rebel twenty two, you're gonna get another hundred bucks off. That's three hundred bucks off a term in camp for your child to learn Christian worldview, to have a foundation for the things you want them to know for the rest of their life. It will give them preparation for the hardships they will face, and like me. It can give them purpose, passion, meaning, and direction in life. It is the greatest resource my parents invested in me as a child. I highly recommend it. Summit.org is the website. Thanks to them for providing free advice and entertainment here on Rebel Parenting. Again, thanks to my sponsor, Covenant Eyes. CovenantEyes.com, code word Rebel for a free month. It's the best porn blocker available. Again, God bless. I'll see you soon.